Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. Well, however you get your Bible, whether that's in book form or in app form or electronic form, go ahead and take that out and open it once again to Romans chapter 1. And we're going to just read these three verses, uh, verse 14. Well, I guess, can I read? Uh, Yeah, three verses, 14, 15, 16, 17, four verses. That's weird. Uh, We're going to read these together, and I'm going to encourage you to listen as we dive in once again and very quickly hear about why this invite invite goes out. This is Paul writing to a church in Rome that was having a bit of a struggle, a little bit of an internal conflict of what was going on and how they were going to operate, and he wrote to them, even though he had never met them, He had some ideas, and he was burdened for them. And so he writes these verses to us. Hear the word of the Lord this morning. I am obligated both to Greeks and non-Greeks, both to the wise and the unwise. That is why I am eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Everybody say everyone. Everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the non-Jew. For in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. This is the word of God for the people of God, both here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. All right. Well, last week, we started looking at these verses and we talked about where Paul said, I am obligated to both Greek and non-Greek, to wise and unwise. And we, we saw that any invite that we might do for our friends to invite them to come and be a part begins with a burden for them that God gives to us. And we, we took communion at the end as a great symbol that God was burdened for you. And for me, and he sent his one and only son, and we took the bread and the cup, symbols of his body and his blood. He was willing to sacrifice. That was the burden that God has for human beings, for people like you and me and you online. And that burden is something that we are called now to shoulder some. And so we invited you to pray. I invited you to pray and ask God to burden your heart to invite someone 
who that might be. They might be here today. I want you to know someone cared about you enough. And God cared about you enough to place your name on someone's heart. And they invited you to be here today. And there's a reason. And we're glad that you're here. But today we want to take that a little bit further. What are we burdened for? Of course, for people, but what do we want for those people that God placed a burden on our heart for? The short answer is we want them to know and experience the gospel, right? Now, let me back up a little bit or pause here. Because what is gospel? It's kind of a Christianese word, a religious word, and, and it's used so often, it's kind of found its way into the fabric, even of our society, even non-church society might use the word gospel every now and then. And so sometimes it can be robbed of its meaning. So let's pause here for a second, and I want you to understand the gospel. Now, if you're new to the Bible, the Bible wasn't written in English it was first written in, in uh, Hebrew for the Hebrew Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament, and Greek for the New, or the New Testament, what we call the New Testament. And, and in Greek, the word gospel is the word euangelion. I've put it up there, both how they spell it and how it sounds. It's the word euangelion. Can we say that together? Ready? One, two, three. Euangelion. Let's say it one more time. One, two, three euangelion and let's say it one more time i want you to think about this know it ready one two three euangelion what does euangelion mean it means good announcement good announcement now some of you are already like hey wait a minute wait a minute i thought it was supposed to be good news and yes it does mean good news the problem with that is the word news because in our day and age the word news means opinion and i don't care if you watch the conservative opinion or the progressive liberal opinion news means opinion in our day and age and and we are not proclaiming paul is not proclaiming a good opinion Paul is proclaiming a good announcement. And announcements bring change and bring action with the change. And so I just think for our day and age, we may need to stop using good news and say, good announcement. I've got an announcement for you. Let me put it in today's day and age. Maybe a good example. These are the trains in Belfast, Northern Ireland. And from 2006 to 2008, Lori and I lived in Belfast, Northern Ireland. When we first moved to the town, we knew one person and we knew they had a place that we could rent. And so we went ahead and and took that apartment, not realizing it was about 11 miles north of the city. Which meant that we took these trains every day. I walked about a quarter, uh, three quarters of a mile down to the train station, would wait for the train, take the train into my job. Thankfully, the train station on the other side was just a few blocks. And, uh, and we would do this back and forth and back and forth each day. Eventually, we decided to take the money we were spending on trains and move closer to the city. But in that time, I would always get off work and I would 
go down to the train station that few blocks and get on the train and our train would leave from right there and go out and and kind of be non-stop it would go past a few stops and get to our stop and i would get off and start my walk home this night something different was going on as i got on my train as usual i got off work i went those couple of blocks walked down the ramp to get on a train that looks very much like this and we took off and i was just kind of zoning out thinking about work and and all the trains are actually nice like you don't have to like concentrate <laughs> you can just kind of zone out from work and all of a sudden i realized that we're stopped at the york gate station this train never stops at the york gate station and we don't seem to be going anywhere and so i'm sitting on the train and all of a sudden i see the conductor who should be up there driving walk down the aisle and I realized I'm the only person on this train. And so I stopped the conductor and I, I say, excuse me, are we going to the station? He's like, no, 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 no. This train has been rerouted and is going to be going out to Bangor. Nothing wrong with Bangor. It's a beautiful town. It's, it's a very wealthy seaside town. But it's on the complete opposite side of the bay from where I need to be. I said, well, what, what do I do? i got to get home. And he says, okay. And he took me to the door. He pointed to the back of the train and he said, go up those stairs and over the train. And that train over there, that's the train you want to be on. <laughs> that's a good announcement. <laughs> that was an announcement that allowed me to move in some action. This was euangelion for me because I wanted to go home. There was power in it. Now I knew what I needed to do to get where I needed to go. It saved me from a miserable night where I would have been an hour away on the other side of the bay, not to mention all the money I'd have to spend to get another train and go all the way to the other side. Even though it would have been a nice view and a wonderful town and good food, it's not where I needed to be. It's not where I wanted to go. So it was good news. It was a good announcement that the conductor told me to get off the train and pointed me in the right direction so that I could go and get on the train that was going to get me where I needed to go. You see, I believe that Paul, who wrote this letter that we read just a portion of, understood this. You see, Paul was born onto a train. Paul, Paul's train said he was going to be trained up in the Jewish faith. And Paul took that, that very seriously. We talked about last week how he would have memorized about that much of the Bible. And not only memorized the first five books of the Bible, but would have memorized what every important teacher had ever said about the first five books of the Bible. He also would have committed the Psalms to memory. He also would, would know a lot about what the prophets had said. He was very, very committed. And when these these people, these Jews started saying that this Jesus had been raised from the dead and was the long-awaited anointed one. He was furious because he believed that the train that he was on was going to get his people to where they needed to go for God to come again and place his nation above all nations and that the other nations would come to serve God through the nation of Israel. And he was committed to that. He was so committed that he was beginning to be violent with Christians, to put them in jail. 
and even to witness to their killing. And as he was on his train on the way to Damascus, okay, it wasn't a train, it was a donkey, probably. That the conductor of conductors, Jesus himself, appeared to him. And he began to see how blind he was. That this was not the train to be on. And Jesus said to him, why are you persecuting me? And Paul knew he was in the presence of someone so much greater than a conductor. But Jesus said to him to go where he needed to go, and Paul obeyed. It was as if Jesus, the great conductor, was saying, you've got to get off the train of being right if you want to experience the righteousness of God. You've got to get off the train, Paul, of violence if you want to experience the victory of God. You've got to get off the train of arrogance if you ever want to experience the agape love of Jesus. And the good news is Paul did get off the train. And something radically changed in Paul to where he became the one who where he used to want to build walls, he tore them down and built bridges to others, even to this church in Rome. It's a beautiful story. So we said last week, Bring this up to us. We said last week the invite begins with a burden for others. But that burden is for them to hear and to have an encounter with Jesus. We have a burden for others because we want them to hear and have an encounter with Jesus. Not just because we want them to sit on some nice comfy blue pews on Sunday for an hour. We want them to encounter Jesus. Amen? Now this may start, how do we do this? How do we do this? I want to give you a quick five things on how we do this. It may start by sharing your story, by them hearing your story. Paul often talked about his story. And how Jesus appeared to him showed him how blind he was and what train he was on was not going to get him where he needed to go. And so for number one, I want you to know that we are praying, and all of these are going to start with H, just so you know. Go ahead, you can write five H's there. If you want to share your story so that others can begin to hear the good news and encounter Jesus through your story, you need to start by praying for the hour. Praying for the hour, for the opportunity to share that. We see this in verse 15 where, where Paul says, That's why I'm so eager to preach the gospel also to you who are in Rome. He was eager to preach. He was praying for the hour that he would have the opportunity to proclaim and tell what God had done. The good announcement of what God can do. Number two. And here's where I think sometimes we in the church don't do such a good job. We need to honor the other person's experience. Especially if they've had a bad experience with church or church-type people. We don't need to point fingers, but we need to honor what we're hearing in their experience. 
I believe Paul did that. I think that's what burdened him to begin to write. Because what was going on in that little church was they were trying to build walls between the people in the community and who was going to be in charge and all of these things. And Paul knew all about wall building. But he also knew the joy that comes from seeing those torn down and unity being built between different people, people of differing backgrounds, unifying around the work of Jesus. And so he could listen and he could hear their struggle And then he could speak. And number three, what Paul did and what we can do is share our story honestly and humbly. Too often we have turned the good announcement into a formula. And most of us feel like I don't know the formula well enough, so I shouldn't share the formula But it's not a formula. It's a story. And if Jesus has impacted your life, if the good announcement has made a change in your life, start there. Tell the good announcement. Tell your story honestly and humbly. I honestly believe that Paul never shared his Damascus Road experience so that he could brag about being in the presence of Jesus. I honestly believe that he shared it every time to show how blind and hard-headed he was and what it took to get his attention. It was humble. It was something he needed to be humble about. What is your story? Where has Jesus changed you, helped you, been with you, saved you? We see this all through the book of Romans. In fact, chapter 7, Paul will still be sharing honestly. He'll, he'll say things like this. The things that I want to do and know that I should do are the very things that I just don't seem to do. And the things that I want to do that I know are good for me, those are the very things I can't seem to work myself up to do. And he says, who will save me? And then he answers this question. Thanks be to God. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. In another book, he will say in 1 Timothy, Jesus Christ, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. This is the Apostle Paul. But he's humble and he's honest about his story. So we pray for the hour. And we honor their experience. And then we share our story humbly and honestly with hope in the power of the gospel. I want you to see this in verse 16. Paul writes, For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Did you catch that? It didn't say, he didn't say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because I'm so good at telling it that thousands of people are coming to Jesus. No, he he says it's not about your ability to tell. There is something within the good announcement itself that has power to bring change to people's life. And if you have experienced it, you share the story of that good announcement in your life. And there's something about it that the Holy Spirit will use to bring power to change into somebody else's life. That's good news. That's a great announcement. 
And I hope that that begins to let some of the burden off of you as far as, do I know the formula well enough? Just share honestly your story humbly. And there's a power that the Holy Spirit uses to bring change into others' lives. And then lastly, you can invite them here. If they want to hear more, and it feels like, hey, this is getting into deep waters, why don't you come to Cross Community with me? We're on this journey together. There's a place for you to belong. Come and be here with us. And that's why we want everyone who is carrying a burden for someone else to hear that. We want them to come with you on September 11th, 2022. We want people to hear this good news. Now before we go, and I know we're right up to 12 right now. I just feel like I want to be an example of this. Is that okay? Because you see, I was born on a train. (laughs) And it was a good train. (laughs) I still love my parents, miss my dad, love my mom. They raised us well. I, I have friends who were pastor's kids who want nothing to do with the church. My parents loved us and showed us grace and showed us and gave us discipline, of course. But I remember when I was about 13, 14, 15, I got on a different train. Because, see, I lived in a town that was maybe a little bit smaller than Portage, but everybody knew who the pastor's kid was. And I got some teasing for that. I got some extra chastisement. I'll never forget when my health teacher pulled me out in the hallway and yelled at me for not being the good example a pastor's kid should be. And I began to look to be liked. And I was going to do about whatever I needed to do in order to be liked. Not to be liked because I was a pastor's kid. I could do that on Sundays. But the rest of the week. And I, and I began to, to run around with some friends who would give me some of that attention if I would do certain things. And, and one thing began to lead to another. And I began to find myself doing things late at night, like vandalizing somebody else's car. You might say, oh, well, that's just, uh, that's just you know, teenage boys being stupid with hormones. But I was damaging something, and a reason why I was doing that was because I was on the train saying I wanted to be liked. And I, and I began to engage in some, some things that, if God hadn't intervened, I believe would have become some very addictive habits in my life. And I was on that train. And I'm so grateful That in a service just like this one, the conductor walked down the aisle and tapped me on the shoulder and gently and lovingly said to me, this train is not going to get you where you want to go. 
And there was something about that where I was able to hear and respond. And, and back in those days, we came to an altar to, to pray. It was kind of that symbol, that significant symbol that I was getting off that train and I was going to go. And unlike the conductor of my train in Belfast who just pointed me in the right direction, this conductor went with me. He went with me to the next train and we got on that train. And life is long. This is not just about a one-time train change. I He was with me. And when those times came where the train or the track needed to be different, he was always there. Jesus was always there to tap me on the shoulder and remind me this train will not get you where you need to go. But I will show you the way. And somewhere along the line, I began to realize I don't need the conductor following me around. I probably should be following the conductor. And I'll just keep my eye on him. And I'm just going to follow after wherever he goes. And when he gets off a train, I'm getting off the train. And when he gets on a train, I'm getting on that train. Because I know that where he, he knows where I need to go. And I want to testify humbly to you today that that conductor is here today. And if you have some sense in your life that the train you are currently on is not going to get you where you're longing to go, I want to say to you, it may just be that the conductor is here today and wants to say to you, this train isn't going to get you there, but I'll, I'll go with you. I'll go with you. Because His love is like the mighty ocean. And His love for you will never stop. His arms are strong enough to carry you through it all. He will guide you. But you've got to get off the train you're on right now. It's not going to get you where you need to go. So I'm going to ask you to stand right now, right where you are. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. With every head bowed and eye closed, if you've had a sense today that the train you're currently on is not going to get you where you need to go, would you just raise your hand right where you are? you are no one's looking around except me okay thank you is there anyone else anyone else you just sense the train I'm on it's not going to get me where I need to go and I need the conductor to show me the right way that's you raise your hand raise your hand alright yes okay you can put your hands down I want to pray for you Father You've seen the hands of those who are acknowledging that they need the conductor to show them the right train to get on. I pray that right now they would pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I have heard you say this train will not get me where I need to go. Will you show me the way? 
Will you help me to leave behind on this train all the things that are keeping me here? Save me. Show me the way to go. Walk with me. Help me with every change of train. Lord Jesus, help them to know if they just prayed that prayer that you are with them, that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that this is a good announcement that will bring action and change to their lives. I pray that they will leave here filled with your spirit and filled with joy. Help them in every way. For I pray this in your strong name, Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Could we sing that song, the chorus of that song, one more time? His love is like the mighty ocean. His love is like the mighty ocean. His love for me will never stop. His love for me will never stop. Oh, His arms are strong enough to carry By the grace of God. I want to send you out with blessing. And now, may you continue to sense a burden for those whom God places on your heart. I pray that you have heard today that that burden is for them to hear and experience Jesus. So pray for the hour honor their experience, share your good announcement humbly and honestly and bring them here on September 11th. I pray that you will have opportunities and I pray that as you share and as they respond, you will be filled with the joy of knowing that you're following wherever the conductor is leading. I pray this in the name of the Father who is for us, the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us, one God forever and ever. Amen. Go in peace. Have a great afternoon. Thank you for joining us online. I pray God's blessing on you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.